This episode is brought to you by Portland Distro. If you like underground music, movies, and more, go to portlanddistro.com for licensed merch, vinyl, CDs, and more. Plug in the discount code 10 off T E N O F F for a 10% discount at portlanddistro.com. Hey guys, Mike Hill here. Probably about time to do another one of these solo episodes to uh, bring everybody up to speed. I just got back from our first run of dates in close to three years. True, we played one show last year in 2021 with um, Nuclear Assault, uh, Sub-Zero, Sworn Enemy, and a bunch of other great bands. And uh, I was uh, literally just recovered from COVID, so it was kind of hard to enjoy myself that night. Uh, the whole thing was very uh, taxing physically for me, but I still was able to, to pull it off. So, yeah, these, uh, these last few dates we did were, were great, and uh, I'll get into some detail about that. But uh, before we get going, I just want to shout out to the community, man. We got a good little thing going on with uh, my brother's... Jackie Smith into the Necrosphere podcast and Brandon Legion's Horror Wolf 666 podcasts. And um, yeah, there's there's a vibe, man. It's cool. It's like we're, we're supporting each other. We listen to each other's shows. I feel like there's like a pretty decent amount of crossover between our fan base and our listenership. And both of those guys are just fucking awesome dudes. And um, I actually hung out with Brandon on this last run of dates uh, down in South Carolina. And uh, it was great to meet meet him in person finally. I mean, we've been, you know, pretty close contact, uh, you know, on a weekly basis via social media. You know, we message each other. We've been guests on each other's shows. And uh, just to put a name to that face, and I met his lovely wife, Cindy, and it was just a great time, man. I had so much fun hanging out with those guys. And, uh, it just makes things that more cooler, you know, that more real in this world that we've all been living in of um, virtual connections, uh, MS Teams meetings, Zoom calls, and all that kind of stuff. And it just, it felt like a triumph to finally meet in person and hang out, you know, and just unwind and chill and enjoy music. And it was just a really good time, man. And I hope someday to meet Jackie, man. That, that would be great. Jackie and Cheyenne. And be sure to check out Cheyenne's new uh, podcast. He's entered the podcasting arena with Iblis Manifestations. And um, if you're into the occult, spirituality, and all that sort of stuff, uh, definitely check his show out too. And like I said, man, we got a thing going here. It's really cool. It sprung up organically. And um, yeah, just through mutual respect and hard work, you know, we've kind of put together this little legion, this alliance, this unholy alliance. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, you know, just interacting with everybody. But uh, before we get into that, I just want to tell sort of a funny story. <laughs> it's um, my buddy Mike G, who plays in Replicant and Windfarer and also is the bass player in Scorpion Throne. And there's some news about that, too, coming up. So uh, one night, about a week ago, Mike uh, sends me a link to a bunch of these videos. It's kind of like, uh, you know, minimalist, industrial, goth kind of stuff. And uh, one of them was a band called Lebanon Hanover. 
and that one really sunk its hooks into me. And I was like, man, this is cool. It's like, you know, it's a duo. It's, um, you know, this, this uh, German lady, Larissa Iceglass, which is one of the sickest names that I can imagine. And this British dude, William Maybelline. And it's, um, it's just that stripped down, old school, you know, dark wave, drum machines, bass lines. Um, I can see the heavy Joy Division, New Order influence on it. Super dark lyrics. Very, very cool. So I got really obsessed with it over this past week. You know, just, just got into their entire catalog and just was listening to it on a daily basis. They got some great videos and um, I'm just all in. You know, so I'm like, oh, great. There's this brand new band that no one knows about. <laughs> so, um, you know, I have a short list of people that uh, enjoy this sort of stuff. So um, I started contacting them. And uh, the first person I contacted was uh, was Retta, my good friend Retta. And um, I was like, hey, have you heard this band? And she's like, yeah. Two years ago, I made a playlist with some of their material on there. And I'm like, oh, oops, my bad. <laughs> So, okay, so she's known about this. Like, I, I don't know, this band is like well within her wheelhouse. So I hit up uh, my bandmate in True Emerald, Sarah Timms, you know, who also enjoys this kind of stuff. And I'm like, hey, Sarah, have you heard of these guys? And she's like, yeah, I've been a fan of them for 10 years. And, you know, I, I went to try to go see them, but there's a problem with their visas and they weren't able to come to the show and all this other stuff. So I'm like, oh, man, I'm not as cool as I thought I was. So finally, Ralph, who's been on tour as well, you know, I, I, I didn't want to bother him. You know what I mean? He's out there doing his thing. Uh, I kind of minimized our contact, you know, traveling, driving across, uh, you know, different cities. And I, I get I get it. You know, you don't always have trouble, have time to respond to people. So, Ralph, have you heard, uh, you know, Lebanon Hanover? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I've seen him about eight or nine times already. So I'm like, well, I, at the end of the day, the bottom line is I'm not that much on the cutting edge as I thought I was. But nonetheless, I have a new band that I like and I love and I can't stop listening to them. And um, you know, part of this show, I think, you know, anyone who's been listening to this thing, we, we like to put together these playlists. So I'm going to put a playlist together for you all. And it's going to include some of that stuff as well as just some of the other tracks that I've been obsessed with from from the tour and up until now like the week or so that I've been home so yeah it's uh I, I always love doing these things it reminds me back in the day when you would make a cassette mixtape uh for somebody and you'd exchange these things and you turn them on to all this cool stuff and uh hopefully some of you guys remember cassette tapes I mean I actually I know cassettes are actually on the upswing again but back in the old days you were able to record. You could buy like a sleeve of these Memorex tapes and, you know, have hit play and record. You know, you record something from your record player or CD player and you'd make a song and put it in there and you hit pause and you put another one in there and you sent, give it to your friend. And um, this is actually quite, quite popular when um, young people would be courting, them, courting each other. Oftentimes, you would make a mixtape for your potential paramour and you know to demonstrate to them like how cool you are and like oh I know of all these bands I know bands that you like 
And maybe there's something on there that you don't know about that you like, and now suddenly I'm the one who's, who's sharing something with you and bringing you up to speed. So that's some of the stuff I used to love to do back when I was uh, a young man and, uh, you know, had more life in me than I do these days. So uh, anyway, I, I, that's what these playlists are all about. Uh, you know, we, we pretty much do them for most of the episodes. Not all of them, but most of them. So I'm going to put one together for this episode, and hopefully you guys dig it. So yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> I, I always crack myself up when I do these things. When I think I'm like, oh yeah, I, I must share this with people, yet I'm the one who's late to the party with the information, you know. So the tour was cool, man. It was booked during the height of the Omicron wave. So, uh, you know, the shows were in cities that were like not necessarily places we normally play. Um you know, and there was some difficulties putting the shows together because it, still people were reluctant to book, you know, more smaller, you know, shows. Even big shows are having a hard time being booked. So, you know, it was it was a, a challenge to get everything together. Yet, you know, thanks to our booking agent, everything was put together really professionally and everything worked out for the best. And we went out on the road with Cloak from Atlanta and Restless Spirit from Long Island. And all the dates were with us, and it was just, you know, great, cool package. Uh, Cloak is um, label mates of ours, and they're, they're a fine band. Um, I've actually been a fan of theirs for several years. Uh, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago, three years ago. They were on tour with 1349, um, you know, who were friends of ours. And when I was still living in Brooklyn at the time, so when they played at St. Vitus, I went to the show, and I, was, uh, I saw Cloak, and they were great. And I was uh, introduced to Billy, the bass player, and um, really nice guy. And uh, we, we hung out, we talked, and I was like, that's a cool guy, that's a really cool band. I hope our, our paths cross in, the, cross in the future. And sure enough, we did. We ended up doing the short tour together. I wish it was longer, but, you know... We're just getting into this thing, man. We're just getting back on our feet, uh, sharpening the blade, knocking the rust off. And um, it was a really, really great way to return to the road. Now, Restless Spirit was another band that I was only familiar with because we have the same management. And I was given some of their material to listen to prior to the tour. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. It's different. It's like... It makes the whole package very different, yet there's a thread that connects all the bands. I assume if you're listening to this, you know what Tombs sounds like. So there's us, you know, there was Cloak, who was this, I would say, more um, more of like in a rock, blackened rock, rock music, you know, sort of vibe. You know, they, uh, you know, have a black metal vibe. You know, black metal band, definitely. Uh, but they're definitely connecting with the rock, the hard rock version of black metal. And uh, great songwriting, really cool, great playing, awesome players. Um, you know, cool vibe on stage. Uh, you know, very, very well, very professional, you know, trip going on with those guys. And it was really cool to, be do, to do these dates together. You know, Wrestle Spirit were a bit younger younger guys, and um, once again, dark. 
I, to me, there was like a, a almost like um like a Danzig kind of thing, you know, like a blues, like a dark blues thing going on. And Paul, the singer, has got an incredible voice, you know. And by far, Paul was the best vocalist on this entire tour. Like, he, he sang great every night. He also played lead guitar. You know, Wrestle Spirit is, um, is a three-piece. And uh, he was shredding, you know, and holding it down, singing his ass off. And it was great. And I'm actually going to have him as a guest on the, on the show in a few episodes. We got it scheduled for later this week. So you guys will get, get a chance to get to know him and find out more about the band. And I also discovered uh, Paul used to, is a, a horror writer. He writes as a horror journalist. And he probably has a bunch of different, you know, cool, like, cool things to share with us regarding that. And I'm sure we're going to, in addition to hard rock and heavy metal and, and you know, darkness, we're probably going to talk about horror movies. You know, so that's, uh, keep, keep your eyes and ears open for that episode. That'll be coming out soon. And, uh, yeah, we all hit it off, man. And um, I got to say, man, it's funny. Like, you know, there's a certain vibe that happens here in the Northeast, in especially the New York, New Jersey area. There's like, uh, I guess I'm not, a, I was never really aware of it when I was growing up because, you know, I grew up in that environment, you know. But when you start venturing out into the world, it's like you can almost pick out New Yorkers, like when you come around them, you know, New York, New Jersey people, you know. And, um, yeah, there's like a certain thing. I mean, you just sort of gravitate towards each other. And I guess that's how it was with Restless Spirit. There's like a certain you know, sense of humor, a uh, certain callousness, a certain uh, you know, inappropriate uh, humor that, that associates people from this part of the country. And I just really, I really connected with those guys and they were just really cool dudes. And, um, you know, I want, I want to help them as any, any possible way that I can, you know, in any meager way that I can help these guys move forward. I would really, really like to do that. And, um, you know, I mean, first and foremost, they're, they're a great band and they're just really cool guys and hardworking dudes. So, um, so yeah, just do me a favor and check them out. I mean, um, you know, check them out on Spotify or whatever streaming platform, you know, go on YouTube and look them up, Restless Spirit. So one of the primary things that was good about the tour was, and I'm sure all of you are experiencing this over the last couple of years, where, um, you know, everyone's got stories of, of hard, hardships during the pandemic. And, you know, I, and I, I acknowledge that we're not out of the woods yet. But I also feel as if we're, we're, in, we, we're in the tail end of this thing. And I mean, my dad just recovered from COVID. My dad's 83 years old, okay? You know, not in the best health. He had a stroke several years ago. 83, tested positive. He's been vaccinated and um, boosted, you know, all that stuff. All that stuff, despite being a uh, Donald Trump supporter, he, he actually um, went ahead and did all this stuff, which I'm really happy for, you know. And, uh, and I guess the fact that my dad is a right-wing guy and that I love him still, you know, and he's my father and his family should be maybe a little bit of a testament to how we need to be more united as a country, you know, and you can't let ideologies break up families. It was tough, I have to admit. But we overcame that, you know. Anyway, my dad recovered. He, um, 
tested positive. Um, I had just gotten back from these dates and I was trying to get my feet feet under me to go back to work. And my mom called me up crying, hysterical. You know, your dad has COVID, right? And I was like, okay, explain what happened. So we tested positive. He went to the doctor. He had a cold. The doctor was like, let me, let, let, let's give you a test. So they gave him the PCR test and sure enough, he came back positive. Uh, so my mom quarantined him in the basement for, uh, I know the minimum is five days, but she kept him down there for an entire week. So, so, uh, she, you know, she wasn't taking any chances with the old guy. So he's down there by himself. Um, I actually stopped in, you know, I wanted to, you know, just kind of like survey the situation, make sure everything was cool. You know, um, I checked out my dad and he was completely fine. Like he, I asked him how he was feeling and he's like, ah, just a little tired. And then sure enough, he recovered fully. And not only did he recover fully, but he also tested negative after, after eight days of being testing positive. My mom's still negative. She did not, you know, get, get the, uh, get COVID or anything like that. So she's totally fine. And everyone I know, um, you know, Jacob from all hell, like he was uh, potentially going to go to one of these shows and until, you know, he hit me up and he's like, my girlfriend, uh, my lady tested positive, no symptoms, but we're going to play it safe and be responsible and stay home. So I'll catch you next time. So I'm like, all right, great. No problem, dude. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I realize this is like, you know, serious matter, you know, public health scenario people should still be responsible but i have to be optimistic about the coming months um that things are going to be okay and i know that there were periods of time where it didn't seem that way but during the last two years you know if you've been listening to this show you're, you know that i've been pretty much alone living by myself here me and my cat and just dealing with it not only dealing with the pandemic and all of its anxieties and, you know, downsides to that, but there's also been quite a bit of loss in my life too. Uh, one very devastating loss, which came in October of 2021 that sent me into the bleakest void imaginable. And, you know, all of that really hard times manifested themselves and just like feeling like not just on a spiritual level. Like I, I thought like maybe I died and this is what purgatory is like being completely alone and cut off and not being able to do any of the things that you want to do or see any of the people that you want to be with, you know? And, and I mean, I, I documented that whole experience, you know, of grief and I'm still grieving and it's still very hard. Um, it's not something that you ever really get over, I think. At the, you know, I mean, it's only been about six months or so, but you know, it's this. This is it, that that loss is something that's always going to be with me. But oddly enough, another digression. Just trying to make sense of these things when you lose someone prematurely, like you know, for example, I've lost family members that were older. They were old. They were you know elderly, and. And it almost, I hesitate to say that it makes sense, but it follows the natural trajectory of life when someone who is old and isn't well 
passes. You know, that, that's like a, a normal cycle of life kind of scenario. But when someone is just far too young and is taken from you prematurely and unexpectedly, it's like that blow is, is, is heavier in a lot of ways. You know, and this person wasn't like a, um, an elder family member. They were like a peer of mine. Um, and certainly I've lost people over the years. Um, and that's also hard. And I was close to them too. You know, people that were about my age that died, you know, I don't have to get into all the ways they died, but just those were also devastating. But this person was like my go-to person, like the number one in my life. And, uh, the closest I've ever been to anybody was this person and they're gone. So in the midst of all this, going into 2022, my, my New Year's resolution was to stay alive to see 2023. You know, that's not to say that I was planning on like killing myself or anything like that. But, you know, it's like, yeah, those thoughts cross your mind. You know, of, of suicide and like, you know, just like, you know, maybe being a little too reckless when you're doing something and, you know, passing on into the next sphere because you just feel like there's nothing worth living for anymore. You know, and the, it was a combination of all that stuff. Now, it's funny, the places where inspiration comes from. I was listening to uh, the King cast, <laughs> which is a Stephen King dedicated podcast and they were talking about uh pet cemetery which is one of my favorite Stephen king novels you know pets i would have to say pet cemetery uh the shining and salem's lot are probably my favorite Stephen Stephen king stories as well as revival i cannot forget revival which is like his most you know cosmic horror lovecraftian tale that he's ever written the way the um, they were talking about Pet Cemetery, they broke it down in such a manner that it really resonated with me. Because I mean, if you think about the storyline, you have like a, a family, and what is the worst possible thing that can happen to a family? The answer is is to have one of the children die. That is the worst possible thing that can happen to a parent. So. Stephen King wrote a story about the worst possible thing happening and the family going to unusual lengths to bring that person back, okay? Now, this is not a, a new story. This is like the monkey's paw. Like, you know, this has been visited by a lot of different, um, a lot of different horror movies and short stories and everything. And, you know, one, one of the other great, you know, uh, explorations of this theme is a film called Death Dream, which is a monkey's paw story, but also uh, kind of like this anti-war film as well. And it's like, I keep urging Mike and Jeff to talk about this on Necromaniacs. And uh, I don't know, they just seem like sort of reluctant. So maybe I'll do a special episode on this about the monkey's paw and how it relates to Death Dream. But it's it's a great film, man. It came out, you know, and it's from that halcyon era of, of horror films. So one of the things that they talk about in Pet Cemetery is dealing with grief. And you can allow 
the grief to drag you into the grave like the family did with in Pet Cemetery, you know, where, where they could not let go of their son's past and gauge. They couldn't just acknowledge it. They couldn't deal with it. They couldn't get past the fact that he was gone. So they chose uh, to go the route of black magic, and then it just led to ruin and the desecration of their son's spirit and body and everything and the ruin of their family and drag them into the pit, basically. You know, and the same thing, uh, you know, it's pretty much the same story in Death Dream, too. So that resonated with me when I heard that. And I uh, took that to heart and I thought about my situation and how this was like the worst thing I've ever dealt with in my life. And I could either choose to let it drag me into the grave and ruin my life, which is, it felt like that was, it was the beginnings of that were happening uh, to me at the end of 2021. Or I can get over it. I can overcome all this stuff and let go of some of these feelings I have and, and uh, move past it and then hopefully move into a better life. And that's kind of what I was playing. I was working with that concept and then going out on the road uh, really galvanized me because, um, like I said, you know, the tour was what it was, man. It was a few, you know, just a long weekend, basically, you know, a couple of dates. We went out there, played some small shows and, you know, connected with people. And it just felt so good to be on stage again. And, not only just the act of performing the songs, but taking on the person that I thought I had lost over the last couple of years. You know, like when you define yourself by certain things, like for me, I define myself by being not only a creative person, but someone who, you know, somewhat of an adventurer, you know, a traveler, this like swashbuckler who travels across the country, goes, you know, does all this stuff like, you know, like on the road experiencing life that way seeing different people seeing different places you know and that was what I've defined myself by and then when your world gets incredibly small and you're stuck just within the four walls of your living dwell of your dwelling um you just feel like part of you died and you become this other person so you know it's it's almost like one of those stories where you'll 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 have like um you know it's like a comic book story where there's like a hero who forgot that he was this other guy or he there's a spell cast on him where he doesn't think he, he's living another life and then this outside force comes and he realizes that he actually is this other person and then you know he's back in action you know i know that sounds like super melodramatic and you know but that's me you know i love comics i like weird fiction i love all this dorky stuff and sometimes i look at my life the same way so yeah, so it was really good to be out there, man, I got to say. And, uh, you know, furthermore, you know, I mean, I think this has all been announced at this point, and uh, we're, we're going to be heading out shortly. In less than a month, we embark on another tour with, uh, with Origin and Abysmal Dawn. And, uh, you know, it starts in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is <laughs> kind of uh, – that's a bit of a, a bit of a haul for us to get out there and, and start this, and it ends in Lincoln, Nebraska. There's n no East Coast dates on this tour. We're not on the East Coast leg of this tour, uh, so it's all out there in the western part of the country, and parts of Canada, and parts of the Midwest. And um, 
I, I'm excited, excited beyond belief to be out there embarking on that. And, um, you know, every, everyone I'm involved in the tour is really cool. Uh, some of these guys I go back with a little ways and, um, it's just going to be fun. And once again, it's like, you know, an opportunity to play, to play to a bunch of kids who probably hadn't seen us before. Cause I, you know, I, I imagine like your typical origin fan might not have seen tombs play at some point, you know? So I'm excited to branch out, you know what I mean? And, and connect with new fans of extreme music that we might not have been able to interact with. There's another huge, huge news item for later in the year regarding tombs that um, I cannot share with you just yet. But we got that offer uh, while we were gone on this past run of dates, and I was floored by how awesome it was. So that will be unveiled uh, over some coming months, you know. Um, I, don't, I, I can't say anything about it, but it's like it makes complete sense, and it's just fucking cool. And I'm excited, and it's like one of the, it's another reason to keep going on, to keep living, to keep moving forward. You know, and like, once again, like I said, you know, I got in 2021, I woke up January 1st, depressed, sad, you know, wishing I could just sleep for the rest of my life and like just disappear into like some ex-oblivion that Lovecraft wrote about or something, you know, and I um, made a promise to myself that I would live to the end of 2023. I was going to not die. I was going to live. I was going to continue living. And uh, all this stuff really has given me inspiration to keep moving forward, keep living, and I feel like in, in, unless we blow ourselves up in a nuclear war, you know, which is also on the table too at this point, if that doesn't happen, I just feel like things are turning a corner, you know, and I, I'm, I'm positive and, um, working on new music. Uh, I'm not sure what, what, what recording plans there are, but for you, you, we're going over the summer. We're going to be demoing new material, which will end up on our our uh, new record, which comes out, which will hopefully come out soon. You know, I don't. Yeah, this is all all like planning right now, but you know, you guys know me. There's always going to be some new thing that's going to be on the on the horizon. So there's always something to work for. So tons of new material ideas, tons of f- scraps and songs and this and that. And there's always stuff. You know, I mean, hell, we have like two new songs that would play in the set right now. So maybe that'll be on the album or maybe, maybe it'll be on like some EP or something that comes out. Like I still would like, I love EPs, man. I love singles and EPs. It's just, I don't know. There's something special about just getting four songs, I think. And um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll do something like that and it can be put out before this, uh, this tour in, in November. And um, what I think is kind of cool about the tour in November is that it starts on November 1st. So we get a chance to, you know, have Halloween and stuff like that before we go out on this thing. And uh, I'll, I'll celebrate Halloween this year. You know, last year I didn't because um, I was just, I couldn't find any meaning in anything last year at that time. 
And the year before, I was studying for the PE exam, so I didn't have uh, time to really, you know, do my 30 days of Halloween, you know, thing where I watch movies every night. But uh, but this year, I'm hoping that um, we can do something cool. You know, maybe there'll be a show or something like that that we play. I know we've been talking about, Jackie and I have been talking about something. Jackie from Into the Necrosphere. I've been talking about something involving him traveling over here from, from England and us uh, doing some Samhain stuff and, and a live performance somewhere either in New York or New Jersey and just it being around Halloween and being a ton of fun. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if that can happen. Um, now with Scorpion Throne, I shared with you guys the rough mixes. Uh, you know, changed a couple things around. They're, they're being worked on this week and probably over the next few days I will have final mixes. Uh, Justin Spath, my drummer, is uh, mixing it and um, you know he's mixed a bunch of stuff like he's actually he actually mixed two of the tracks that are on this uh, this thing that season of mist is slowly releasing you know these series of singles that they're putting out. You know, Ex Oblivion's out by now. You guys have probably heard it. Uh, there's a Gigi Allen cover. There's a Motorhead cover. And there's like some other remixes and ambient tracks and things. And Justin actually mixed the um, the Motorhead cover and the Gigi cover. So that you'll get, you know, he's, he's like great at that kind of stuff. So I trust him fully with uh, with Scorpion Throne. Um, you know, I... I uh, I play around with half-assed audio engineering, but I got to be honest, like, I don't think I ever want to listen to these four songs again. Um, you know, I, I certainly would not want to spend more time with the material um, as as far as mixing goes. It's, those songs encapsulated a very, very dark period of my life and the lyrics and all that sort of stuff it was very personal and very very um i just want to move past all that i want to i've documented it. it it's going to exist um there might be something someone can take away from it that might help them but for me the catharsis of creating that is over with it's done and now it's part of my part of the past and I'm moving on. And I don't want to ever hear those songs again. I don't want to think about them anymore. I don't want to read the lyrics. I don't want to sing them anymore. And I don't want to play those riffs associated with those songs. And it's time just, like I said, to turn the corner and open the door and step into a new world. But um, with that said, you know, that, that, that the first Scorpion Throne one is like so important to me because it is so personal and I'm really proud of the work we did and I'm really happy that Andrew Hernandez was able to perform drums on that, play drums and, and did such a great job and, and uh, you know, overcome some obstacles on recording that stuff, you know, some technical issues we had and, and Andrew's hung in there like, a, like, a, like I knew he would because I have ultimate confidence in Andrew and I know that when he sets his mind to doing something, he will achieve that. You know, and also props to Mike G, man, like a good friend, um, you know, total pro, incredible musician. And, uh, you know, he was a big part of this as well. 
and um, he's putting the artwork together too. That's a creation that came from him. And uh, the logo and artwork stuff looks great. And I'll be unveiling all that stuff over the next few weeks. And the stuff will be up on Bandcamp and um, on the Everything Went Black Bandcamp, which exists. There's a couple things up there if you guys want to check it out. Um, yeah, and like there's new stuff even in that realm. New ideas. You know, Mike and I are probably going to get together over the summer and try to write another EP, another four or five songs. And, you know, see what comes of that. You know, and, and Scorpion Throne is never going to be a live band. It's not going to be something that's going to perform anywhere or, like, go on tour or any of these things. You know, it's just going to be a project that three friends do. Um, and it's out there for you guys to, you know, to check out. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, that's also cool. It's definitely different, you know, than the stuff I've been doing in Tombs, the stuff that Andrew's been doing, the stuff that Mike's been doing. It's like a very different kind of feel. And uh, like I said earlier, um, you know, the cathartic nature of the, the music and how in a lot of ways it was a therapeutic thing for me to put energy into something to fill those blank moments of despair that I had uh, during the latter part of 2021. You know, when you're done with everything and you're just sitting here alone and working with very, very difficult emotions and feelings of loss and like wondering whether or not life's even worth living anymore, I was able to work on the Scorpion Throne stuff. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's so meaningful to me that Mike and Andrew were part of that. And, um, so yeah, so you know, I just want to end on a positive note. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to getting that out there. I'm looking forward to going on the road again. We got a full year of stuff coming up, which is really cool. And you know, you guys are are been great. Appreciate all the support, especially with the Patreon. You know, you guys have been really cool, and I'm overjoyed by like how 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 positive everything's been and how successful everything's been and how we you know once again we got even within the microcosm of everything went black i feel like there's like a vibe going on with everyone and it's a really positive vibe so uh you know with all that said i hope you guys are doing good stay strong and i'll talk to you guys next week take care
Did we connect?